Good morning, everybody. I'm Pastor Steve. I'm one of the pastors on team here at Church Live. I'm so excited to be with you today to be sharing during week four of our Riptides series. So, hey, how good was worship? The presence of God is here, right? So let's take a moment. Let's pray over this morning. Let's lift up our faith and our expectation that God is going to do something significant in every single life today. So, Father, we thank you for today. We thank you, Father God, for your life, for your love, for your protection. God, we thank you that your presence is here. Holy Spirit, we invite you into this place, God, to speak, God, to open eyes, God, to show us things, God, to encourage. I pray, Father, that there would be a change in the tide in the hearts of people in this place and online, that there would be a change, Father God, there would be a shift, and that, Lord, they would dominate, that, God, there would be breaking through that would happen this morning in this place and even online in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. We're switching mics. That's better. That feels a lot better. Thank you, Marcella. Worship team, thank you so much, everybody. So, it's summertime. Might not feel like it because we've, we've all got masks on and we have to do all of the social distancing thing. But it's summer. And if you're from northern New Jersey, which I'm assuming most of you are, that means that we go down the shore. And I was about 20 years old before I realized down the shore was because you went down from north, right? And so we go down the shore and we enjoy it. And I don't know if you've ever listened to 1010 Winds or some other radio station when you're on your way, but sometimes they'll tell you, hey, there's a warning in effect because there might be some riptides at the beach because maybe there's a hurricane out at shore or something like or out in the ocean. Or maybe when you get there, you see the red flags that are in place, and you know, okay, I can't swim there. For whatever reason, maybe there is a rip current. And rip tides are dangerous because they pull you in the direction you do not want to go in, and they land you in a place that you do not want to be. They pull you away from the shore, no matter what, you're trying to fight it to get back, and it's difficult, and then you wind up out in the middle of the ocean, and it's dangerous, especially if you're not a very strong swimmer. But in this series, we're not talking about physical riptides, right? We're talking about emotional riptides. We're talking about spiritual riptides. We're talking about things that once you get on, it just seems so easy to kind of flow with it. It seems so easy to go down that path, right? And everybody has experienced an emotional or a spiritual rip current, right? So something like this happened to me on Thursday, and I just want to illustrate how quickly something like this can happen. On Thursday, I was at work. And I was working outside, and it was only about 9 in the morning. And I was just standing there, and I was watching the contractor do their work, and I started to notice I felt a little lightheaded. Like, I just felt a little disoriented, not too good. I'm like, okay, well, whatever, you know. I, 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 was, I was squatting a little bit, stood up real fast. Maybe the blood rushed to my head. Give it a minute. Give it a minute. It's not getting any better. And then I noticed my stomach. I start to feel a little nauseous, and I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. And then I start to notice when I take a deep breath, I feel a little bit of tightness in my chest. And I'm like, oh, no, this isn't good. So then I go to my car, and I crank the air conditioning. I start chugging water. But when I sat down in the car, I noticed my legs felt, like, weak. You know what I mean? Like when you're sick and you start to feel like your legs don't feel like they're going to support you. And I'm like, oh, no, that's not good. Now, I've been trained in health and safety for 10 years in my career. And so everything I was experiencing is indicative of a heat illness. It's when you're outside in the heat and you're maybe dehydrated, you don't have enough fluids in you, and you're getting sick from the heat. Normal. Under any other circumstance, I would look at that and just be like, man, I've got to get some electrolytes in me. I've got to cool off, give myself a break, I'll be good to go. But with everything that's going on in the world right now, you know the first thing that goes through my head is, I got coronavirus! <laughs> 
Now, before anybody freaks out in here, I went to an urgent care. I got checked out because actually I got pretty sick. And um, I was there for an hour and a half, and they cleared me. No test required, nothing. It was heat, okay? Praise God. But, so that thought goes through my head, right? Because, because. And now all of a sudden, within such a short time frame, I'm sitting in my car. I thought of that, and I go, where am I going to live? I can't be home with my wife and my kids because I'm going to get them sick. And if you've ever seen me on morning prayer, I do it in our office. We have a little um, office outside of our apartment, but you could barely fit a twin-size arrow bed in there. So I'm like, I'm going to have to sleep on couch cushions in the office. How am I going to shower? Like, I'm going through all this stuff in my head. I'm like, how am I going to work? And look, this wasn't an hour-long emotional breakdown at work on my part. This was in a minute. And then all of a sudden, I went, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. No, 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 no. I don't have coronavirus. This is heat illness. I'm going to be okay. And then I text my wife, hey, I'm not feeling so good. I might have to go to the doctor. And she's like, get a coronavirus test. And I'm like, <gasps> you know. <laughs> but isn't it funny how fast that can happen? How fast, boom, you find yourself getting carried away. I want to show you guys a picture of how a riptide actually forms in nature. What happens is, off the coast, you get a sandbar. And so if you've ever been down the, sh been down the shore, and you, know, you go out and it's starting to get deep, and then you find a sandbar, and you're like, this is so much fun. I'm up into my knees again and everything like that. What happens is, off the shore, you have a sandbar that forms. And a sandbar will offer some protection from the tide. So if you're at the beach when there's a sandbar, the waves actually won't be very as strong as they could be. But what happens is, I don't know if we have that picture, but what happens is there's a break that happens in the sandbar. So now that wall, that barrier, that protection that was there, there's a breach in it. A very small, narrow part where the sandbar was weak, and now all the water wants to go out there. Right? So if you imagine the front row is the sandbar, sandbar of faith, and then right there, there's a breach. That's where you're going to get your rip current. It's where there's a break in the protection that it wants to flow so quickly. Fear is the breach in our protection that so often allows all of these thoughts to come, so often allows us to go down these spiritual runways, so often just allows it to feel like, you ever just feel like you're falling apart very, very, very quickly? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So often, fear is the breach that starts that. So far in this series, Pastor Anthony's brought um, three messages that were just incredible. The first was the current of offense, and then he was talking about Sandcastle Kings in the second week. And in Sandcastle Kings, he was talking about where do you build on? Are you building in a place that's stable? Are you building in a place that could get taken out? But then last week, he talked about there is more in you. And even in that message, he talked about rip currents of fear and anxiety could be things that can pull you and pull you away from where you're meant to be. So I want to hop on and continue on the thought that Pastor Anthony brought last week that you were made for more. But in order to tap into the fullness of what God has for us, we need to get into a different kind of rip current. See, so when we talk about rip current, all the red flags go up, right? We're like, danger, danger, I don't want to go there, rip current, bad which is normally true. But what I want to talk to you today is about a rip current that you want to actually throw yourself into. A rip current that has its origin from a different place and one that moves through a different type of breach than anything else. 
So the title of my talk today is, we got to get into the riptide of faith. We have to replace the fear, the breach that fear is that allows all of that stuff to go. And I need to let the break in my barrier be the faith that everything starts to funnel through. So what is it? Yeah. The prophet Ezekiel was a man who was sent to the people of Israel by God to prophesy to them, to encourage them. And at this time in history, the people of Israel were in exile in Babylon. They were hundreds of miles away from the promised land of where they were. And now the Babylonians hadn't put them in slavery so much like the Egyptians had. The Babylonians just wanted their land. So they booted them out of the promised land and said, go live over here. God never forgets his people. God never forgets you. God never is unaware of what's happening. God is never uh, caught off guard by circumstance in what happens in this world. God sends Ezekiel to his people. See, God's trying to speak today. He's pinging you today. God sends Ezekiel to his people because he doesn't forget you. And in Ezekiel 47, we see throughout, throughout the book of Ezekiel, we see some really incredible imagery and prophecy that comes out of the mouth of this prophet. But in Ezekiel 47, God is showing him a vision, and it says this. Then he brought me back to the door of the temple, and behold, water was issuing from below the threshold of the temple towards the east, for the temple faced the east. The water was flowing down from below the south end of the threshold of the temple, south of the altar. Now, a threshold is like a In our terms, it's like where a doorway is. The threshold is the entrance that you would cross over to go into a new space. That's what a threshold is. Then he brought me out by the way of the north gate and led me around to the outside of the outer gate that faces towards the east. And behold, the water was trickling out on the south side. Going on eastward with a measuring line in his hand, the man measured a thousand cubits and then led me through the water. And it was ankle deep. If you're taking notes, I want you to write that down, ankle deep. And again, he measured a thousand and he led me through the water and it was knee deep, right down knee deep. And again, he measured a thousand and led me through the water and it was waist deep. And again, he measured a thousand and it was a river I could not pass through for the water had risen. It was deep enough to swim in a river that could not be passed through. And he said to me, son of man, have you seen this? Isn't it so interesting that we can see things and still not see? He showed the prophet a vision very clearly, and then he says, hey, did you see that? He's trying to drive the point home. Now, this river is coming out of the temple of God, the threshold, right? And so in the way that the Old Testament was, uh, in, in the way that the temple was built in the Old Testament, inside of the temple was the Holy of Holies. That is where the presence of God came to be with people. The Holy Spirit didn't indwell people permanently in the Old Testament. He could only come for a moment, for a temporary purpose, and then he would depart from a person. So the presence of God was in the temple. The water that the prophet sees is coming out of the temple. So its origin is coming out of the presence of God, okay? Now, it's flowing out. And then it says that they measured a thousand cubits. And I don't know about you, but I read that and I'm like, well, what does that mean? I want to know what that means, right? So just so you know, 1,000 cubits is equal to 0.28 miles. And do we have that map by any chance that we could throw up? There we go. I made a handy-dandy map to show you how far 1,000 cubits is. If you exit the Church of Life parking lot and turn left, proceed north along Riverside Avenue until you reach the intersection of Fern Avenue. Bam, 1,000 cubits right there, halfway into the park. I like this because I'm a very visual person. So this is the distance that they walk. 
And then they walk a little bit, and then all of a sudden this river, this trickle that came out of the presence of God, it's ankle deep. And then they go another one of these distances, and it's increasing. Now, the interesting thing about this vision is that rivers in nature start somewhere. They have an origin. They have a spring. But they're usually fed into by tributaries, by other little wandering streams that come in. That's how a river gets bigger. The Passaic River starts, I think, 23 miles away in, in Morristown somewhere. And it is a little, little wet area in somebody's backyard. And it meanders all the way down until it passes right by our building here. But there's other things that feed into it. This one does not have anything else feeding into it. It is a miracle. God himself is life, is strength, is power, and is increase. And so as it proceeds out, it gets bigger. So I want to tell you something today. We need to go deeper. You and I need to go deeper because deeper is available to us. So if the origin of the river is God himself and his presence, then what would be the breach that we would move through? What is that breach in the sandbar? It is faith, right? Because faith is the currency of heaven. Faith is how I trust God to operate. It is what allows me to confidently come before him. In Matthew 17, 20, Jesus said, For truly I say to you, if you have faith like a grain of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible for you. And Hebrews eleven six 6 says, And without faith it is impossible to please him. For whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. So God and his presence is the origin of this rip current, of this tide that you and I have to get into. And the breach that you and I have to find ourselves into this flow that's coming out of God, it is faith. You following with me this morning? So now, if I'm telling you that there's a rip current that you should actually try to get into, then there's a reason why you should be trying to get into that rip current, right? So a little later in the vision... The prophet now gives us a view of what the effects of the water are. This isn't just a river that flows. It has miraculous effects associated with it. So in Ezekiel 47, verses 7 to 9, it says, Then he led me to the bank of the river. And as I went back, I saw the bank of the river with very many trees on one side and on the other. And then he said to me, This water flows toward the eastern region and goes down into the Arabah and enters the sea. When the water flows into the sea, the water will become fresh. And wherever the river goes, every living creature that swarms will live, and there will be very many fish. For this water goes there, that the waters of the sea may become fresh, so that everything will live where the river goes. Life comes with this flow that's coming out of God. On either side of the river are trees that are blooming, that are healthy, that are strong. And where this river meets the sea, it doesn't create what's called brackish water, which is like what you'd find in a swamp or down in the Meadowlands where it's salt water and it's fresh water mixed together, but it's very difficult and there's only very few select things that could possibly live in it. This water, this sea that this river from God flowed into is one of the saltiest in the world. And yet, boom. It says that when that water came, it makes it fresh. It makes it clear. It makes it a place where life can thrive and exist. So the effects of the water are such that you and I should really go in for a dip. And you see throughout the Old Testament that water is typically a symbol of the flowing life of God, but it is a symbol of the Holy Spirit. It is a symbol of um, new birth even. And that's why with baptism, we look at going in, uh, coming down into water and coming out of it. 
When we step into the riptide of faith, we find that we're carried along by his life and power. And when we're all in, incredible things will happen. Breaking through will happen. Breaking through will happen when we get into this stream, this flow that's coming from God. The book of Acts started the church. The church started in the beginning of the book of Acts, right? But when the church started, it didn't start because the disciples purchased some land and built a building. Buildings are important. I'm not saying they're not. It didn't start because the disciples had a really strong small group in Jerusalem. Small groups are important. I'm not saying they're not. The church started when God poured out power onto people, when God's life came out of heaven and with a wind blew into the hearts of people. That stream, that power, that life that came out of heaven, bam, that's how the church started. And when you read the book of Acts about the beginning of the church, it's crazy. Thousands of people were hearing the good news of the gospel and realizing that they needed Jesus. That's how the church started. It started because a bunch of men and women found themselves in a riptide of faith. So now, Jesus himself talks about water several times throughout the gospels. And in one particular instance in John chapter 4, we see where Jesus is interacting with the woman at the well. And Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God, who it was that's saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him, and he would have given you living water. The woman said to him, sir, you have nothing to draw water with, and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and his livestock? Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water, welling up to eternal life. There's a spring, there's an origin that's in you because Jesus Christ himself gives it to you. And notice something. The woman says to him, if she's understanding thirst in a physical sense, I'm thirsty, I have to go to the well and get water out to drink it. Jesus is pointing out something critical. He's saying, stop looking to external things to deal with an internal problem. The stuff that I give you, my life, my love, my presence, it is like within you a river, a spring that comes up with living water. That's how we do not thirst. It's because Jesus deals with the internal need that we have rather than a temporary external need. That life, that love is available to us from Jesus himself. Take a look at your neighbor and ask them, so how deep are you? Uh-oh, he asked the question. How deep are you? So this really begs the question. If there's a flow coming out of the presence of God, if there's a rip current I'm telling you you should throw yourself into, then really, where are you in relation to this river? And we actually talk about this, this aspect of this vision in our freedom groups, which is just an incredible, if you're not in freedom group, you should absolutely take freedom the next time we launch in September. Shameless plug, but I'm going to say it, get in freedom. So let me give you some characteristics of the different places you can be based on what Ezekiel saw. Maybe you're ankle deep. Maybe you could say, I'm ankle deep today. When you're ankle deep, you can enjoy refreshing in God's presence but you're still in full control of everything, right? When you're ankle deep in any type of water, you could just play around, kick, maybe splash somebody a little bit, you know, be annoying or whatever. And then you're right there. So then you could just go, okay, I'm done. Boom, I'm out. 
easy. I am in full control. I'm not fully committed to anything. And it is very easy for me to just step out of it if I just don't feel like being in there anymore. Knee deep. The current that you're feeling in a river when you're knee deep, you're starting to sense it, right? And especially if it's a strong current, knee deep, you're kind of going, okay, I feel it. Stuff's moving around. But we're still in control, usually in knee deep water, right? But now when I'm knee deep, I can kind of see the people who are farther out. You know, if I'm, if I'm ankle deep and I'm just out there, I might not be able to see so clearly. But now that I'm knee deep, I'm like, oh, I kind of see what's going on out there. But when I'm knee deep, I'm still able to kind of look right back to the shore though, right? Because I'm kind of still, I'm halfway in. And I'm like, uh, you know, I see, I see it's going okay out there. But, you know, I like, I like it here. It's safe here. I can still get out if I want to, right? We still find our security in the riverbank when we're knee deep in. Waist deep. So here, when you're waist deep, you're really starting to feel the current. And depending on how the current is, if you're up to your waist in water, it might kind of like if you jumped up, it might carry you. Like you could pretend you're on the moon, jump up a little bit, and then settle down a little bit farther away, right? You can lose contact with the bottom a little <laughs> She's the only one that's like resonating with me because I imagine being an astronaut in a stream. But <laughs> But when we're waist deep, a lot of times the fear of what others may think is what prevents us from going all the way in. I'm far enough away from the, from the riverbank that I'm kind of in. But fear, you notice, still has that pesky opportunity to be dictating what I should be doing. It's at this place when you're waist deep, though, that you've got to make the critical decision. Whose control am I giving? Am I in control? Or am I going to let God be in control? And now the middle of the river is obviously you can't touch the bottom. In the, in the vision, he said the flow was so strong and my feet could not, not touch the bottom. It was just a wide, massive river. When you're all in, when you're in the middle of the river, you're simply getting carried along. It doesn't mean that you're not responsible for de decision making. It doesn't mean that you're not actively doing things. But when I'm in that stream and when I'm in the middle, I've literally let go of all of my stuff and I've said, Lord, it's yours. I'm going to do what you tell me to do. I'm going to go where you tell me to go. But you see, most people want to experience God. And most people want ankle deep, knee deep, or even waist deep. But we still want to stay in control. Very often, we still want to stay in control. Sometimes we, we, want, to let, we want to do the God thing, but we're afraid that God is just going to make us do something we don't want to do. Right? I don't want to go all into the river because he's going to send me here or he's going to make me talk to that person or I'm going to have to forgive such and such and I don't want to. So I'm not going to go there because I don't want to deal with it. What we fail to realize is that God is a loving father and when we go out and we go all in, he is not going to bring you any place he hasn't equipped you and prepared you to go. He's not going to just do something and all of a sudden something contrary to your gifts and your personality and your background and your life experience and go, go over there and do that. He built you a certain way for a reason and it's to send you where you're going to be successful. So I want to tell you this morning, don't beat yourself up for where you are. If you're ankle deep, don't be beating yourself up right now. But there's a next step for you. Because if you're ankle deep, like literally, there's a next step for you. And then you go in a little bit more. And as you're going, things are starting to shift. But sometimes we do this. Have you ever gone to the ocean? And you get down and you're all excited. And you see people in and they're having a blast. And you get down. And right, you're standing there and you're waiting for the wave to come. And the wave touches your big toe. 
and every bone turns into ice. And you shake. And you look and you go, what is wrong with these people? It is freezing. And I'm not getting in this water. And then you stand there and you walk around at the edge. And you're like, you got to psych yourself out, right? You're like, I can do it. And then somebody out there, they're like, come on, what are you doing? You're like, I don't know, it's too cold. It's okay, you're going to get numb. (laughs) And then what do you do? Eventually, hopefully, you get in. You throw yourself into a wave. You get soaking wet. And then five minutes later, you're like, why did I waste 10 minutes walking around on the banks? Why did I spend so long trying to figure out what my next step was when I just need to do it? When we go further in with God, we don't find danger and we don't find life-threatening issues like you would with any other rip current. When we go all in with God, we don't get dragged in the opposite direction of where we want to go. And when we go all in with God, you certainly are not going to land in a place that you don't want to be. It is the complete opposite of what you know to be true. So practically, what does this look like? I think for a lot of us, it could feel like you, you might feel stale right now. I'm ankle deep, and with all the stuff that's been happening th- since March, I, I just can't move. I haven't moved. I don't know how to move. Can I tell you that the church is growing? Can I tell you that the church is growing? The church, this church takes ground. This church advances. This church expands. This church dominates. And this church breaks through. It is breaking through. Those words that for five years have been spoken over our church by God through Pastor Anthony, they're cumulative. They didn't end at the end of 2018. They build. So the thing is, if you're standing on the side, step into where there's motion. Because then all of a sudden you're moving. You might not know exactly what the next step is. You might not know immediately what you're supposed to do when you're calling. But if you're stuck, then just step into the place where you won't be anymore. Sometimes, though, you and I need to surrender something to him first. Remember we talked about this is control. A lot of this is based on control, and I don't want to really let go, right? So now I'm actually just going to, we're going to take a minute here, or five seconds even. Can you ask the Holy Spirit to show you what you have to give him? Let's do that right now. Holy Spirit, show us what we need to give you. Even online watching. Holy Spirit, show us what we need to give you. All right. Now, you might feel nervous. You might feel uncomfortable. You might have had a vision of something that you've been ignoring And you're trying so hard to not deal with it. But can I tell you that God's plan for you is to be all in. It's to be in the river. It's to be moving. It is to just be with him. And if there's something that we're holding on to, can we we be committed enough that the thing that I hold on to is so, I don't want it. I want what God has for me. And no matter what that thing is, how hurtful, how painful, how traumatic, we can trust him to give it to him. So this morning, let's surrender control and let's go for a swim. I want to end with this thought today. The Apostle John, towards the end of his life, when he was on the island of Patmos, had this incredible vision from the Lord. 
And that vision is what's recorded in the book of Revelation. And the book of Revelation is filled with just incredible imagery and symbolism and prophecy and future events and things. But in Revelation chapter 22, we see something very interesting. We see something that looks strikingly similar to what Ezekiel saw, but with a couple little differences. In Revelation 22, 1 through 5, it says, Then the angel showed me the river of the water of life, bright as crystal, flowing from the throne of God and the Lamb. So you notice, Ezekiel saw coming out of the threshold of the temple where the presence of God was in the Old Testament. Now, it's coming from Jesus himself. That spring of living water that's in you, that maybe is trying to come up and you're suppressing it. Its origin is from him. And then it goes on to say, it's coming from the, uh, the throne of God and of the Lamb through the middle of the street of the city, and also on either side of the river, the tree of life with its 12 kinds of fruit, yielding its fruit in each month. It is fruitful. This river, this life that comes from God, it yields fruit. It doesn't just bring life. It brings fruit. And what does fruit do? Reproduces. No longer will there be anything accursed. Thank you, Jesus. He is the curse-breaking God. He is the one that broke the curse of sin over your life and the sentence of death that came with it. He broke it over you. Nothing will be a curse, but the throne of God and the Lamb will be in it and his servants will worship him. They will see his face and his name will be on their foreheads and night will be no more. They will need no light or lamp or the sun for the Lord God will be their light and they will reign forever and ever. What Ezekiel saw is not only a symbol of this flow of life that comes out of the Lord, but what Ezekiel saw coming out of the temple in Jerusalem is the gospel. It is the good news of Jesus Christ. It started in a city, and then as it came out of the city, it didn't just grow slowly with little things contributing to it, but by its power and by its truth, as it came out, it grew, it expanded. Maybe you're in here today and you're ankle deep, you're knee deep or you're waist deep and you know you need to go all in. And you know that God showed you something you need to give to him. In a moment, we're gonna pray and we'll give you the opportunity to do that. But I wanna speak to you if you're in here today or if you're watching online with us this morning. If you've never actually trusted Jesus with your eternity, if you've never made the conscious decision to surrender the ownership of your life to him, if that sandbar inside of you is still complete and you know that there's a spot that you need to break down and let faith come into your life and trust him and truly, truly give your heart to him, then I'd like everybody to close your eyes and bow your heads with me. And in this moment, we're gonna pray a prayer together. And if that's you here or online, the Bible says that if you believe in your heart and you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. So as we pray this together, it's not the words exactly, the, the sequence that saves you. It's what your heart is saying to your king. So let's say this together. Lord, we love you. I believe you lived a sinless life. I believe that you died, that you were buried, but that you rose again that you conquered sin, that you conquered death, 
and that you have set me free. The curse of sin is broken over my life. I receive eternal salvation. I will reign forever with you. In Jesus' name, amen. Now with your eyes closed and your heads bowed, if you made that decision for the first time today, I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand. One, two, and three. If there's anyone in here that said that prayer for the first time today, I see that hand up. Thank you so much. Anyone else? Wonderful, wonderful. We're going to resource you. And if you're online, you, you can text to 97,000. Connect 7 to 97,000 and let us know that you made that decision. But I'm just going to end in prayer this morning. And hey, let's lift up our faith in this moment. Wherever you are, ankle deep, knee deep, waist deep, that thing maybe that God showed you, let's surrender it to him today. So Father, we thank you. We thank you for your life. We thank you, Father God, for your love. We thank you for your strength, for your power, for your grace. I pray over every single person, Lord, in this place and watching online, fear be broken in the name of Jesus. Anxiety be broken in the name of Jesus. God, send out your refreshing touch on every single person. God, let faith arise. I pray that people would be strong enough to give you the things that we hold on to. And as we surrender and as we call you Lord over everything, come in. We invite you in to do a new work in us and through us. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 What a word. Yes. Hey, can we give it up for everyone who just made that decision to follow Jesus? Yeah. We are so excited for you. We believe that is the most important decision you can make with your life. So we want to resource you with this free book called Following Jesus. If you are in person, you can get it right after service on the right-hand side in the foyer at our Next Steps area. If you're online, like Pastor Steve said, you can text CONNECT7 to 97000, check off Following Jesus, and we will mail this to you. All right. There was one other thing I was supposed to remind you of. Oh, Pastor Joe Riddle again. Remember to register. You can text Church Alive to 97000 to register. And also... Our Church Alive masks that you've seen some people walk around with, we are selling them today in the foyer. So if you want to grab one, you can do that right after service as well. All right, have a great Sunday. We'll see you next week. <laughs>